episode of Found City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name is Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I'm joined by my friend Reese, aka the Reese Incarnate Bach Lesnar. Today we are going to talk the 2022-2023 Chiefs NFL schedule. We are going to predict wins and losses for every game, break down some of the biggest games that Kansas City is going to play. Spoiler alert. Pretty much all of them are big games because, again, we have a extremely tough schedule, but we'll get to all of it. I don't know what Reese's predictions are. He doesn't know what mine are, so we may do some debating. We may be agreeing. We'll see what happens on this podcast. But we can all agree that this podcast is special and this podcast deserves some patreoning what 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 do you think reese dude i totally agree uh if you enjoy what you hear and you want to hear more of it we have outtakes bonus episodes and exclusive beer reviews on our patreon page at patreon.com backslash fcsm so for as little as one cup of coffee a month you can sponsor this podcast and the high-flying exclusive content we bring you on a weekly basis Excellent, excellent. And you can also find us on social media on basically every social media platform you can think of, even TikTok. So please give us a follow, a like, um, a message on any of these platforms. Actually, if you message us, we'll go ahead and read your message aloud on air as long as it's appropriate. Also, if you can review us on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts and give us a review, we will also read that live on air. Even if it is uncensored, we will read it just because we love sweet reviews, sweet or unsweet, good or bad reviews. Reviews are reviews, as they say in the opera business. Reese, how was your week? Anything new? Uh, give us an update on the puppy Bowie or any fun things in your life. Oh, man. I mean, uh, we were just chatting about this before we actually went live on air. But, uh, you know, it's his, uh, I think, been week four with the puppy. And he's getting better. He's getting smarter. Uh, too smart, actually. It's, it's funny watching him go through the phases because now he's in, like, the food begging phase. Even though he's legitimately never had a morsel of human food. So he's just decided now, he's like, I'm interested in this. It's like, okay, that's, that's totally fine. Do that, right? Before my parents come here and they're probably going to feed you because they're my parents. They don't know any better. It's great. Uh, but now he's he's smart. He's, knock on wood, still sleeping through the night like a good dog. Uh, he's pretty friendly with other dogs and random people, which is good. Uh, but again, I'm talking a little bit more quietly tonight because he's asleep and he's not supposed to be woken up for another 90 minutes until he goes out to lift his leg. So that's puppy time so so when uh when uh we talk chiefs bills you're just gonna be like yeah 13 seconds it was it it was a cool playoff game it's gonna be a great regular season game seven three chiefs dude if it was seven three chiefs bills i'd be like what the heck happened like it would have to be like a typhoon like bills uh patriots was this last year <laughs> no possible way no possible way <laughs> Or like, or, or or we like put Leo Chanel out there to start a fist fight with Josh Allen, and then everyone gets suspended, and it's like Matt Moore versus Josh Allen's backup, who I don't know it, who it is anymore because Trubitz, Trubisky's gone. Trubisky. Um, oh yeah, he's a Steeler now, isn't he? Yeah, Trubisky's on the Steelers now. Yeah. Who is it? And I don't know if it's quarterback competition. If it's Pickett versus Trubisky, I'm pretty sure. It's Pickett's job, but I'll pull this up. Yeah, I don't know who their backup is, but it's going to be like Matt Moore versus a random Josh Allen. According to this, Buffalo Bills depth chart, 
Their backup quarterback is Case Keenum. Third string is Matt Barkley. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. That's a great backup. That's oh, a, dude, crap. yeah. You got a quarterback that can throw it 80 yards to a quarterback who can throw it about 18 yards. Great. <laughs> I actually think like Matt Moore and weren't Matt Moore and Case Keenum on it like the same team at one point? Or they're like definitely equivalents no. when they were both starters no. for one season. Matt Moore, Matt Moore stonks the crap out of Case Keenum. I know Case Keenum took the Vikings to the uh no, the Vikings took Playoffs, the the right? Vikings took the Vikings to the NFC Championship game. Case Keenum had nothing. Case Keenum is the OG to a Tonga Mailoa in the way that like championship game. Say what? Case Keenum was in an NFC Championship. Yeah, game? Yeah, dude, he's the Minneapolis Miracle quarterback. Really? Yes. So the the point I was getting at though is that like he throws his entire body in a running start into that throw and it goes like maybe forty five yards. And that that was the thing in college too. He, he threw. He put up like. <laughs> record-breaking college numbers but like the dude has like a rec league football arm i'm, I'm just looking right now um i forgot yeah they, they lost to the eagles 38 to 7 oh yeah dude the, the eagles stomped the crap i remember that i was at a competition that that day and i'm like man i'm so bummed i'm gonna miss this game i'm excited i think the vikings can win and I, i'm at a diner after the competition and i'm like what the heck happened Ugh. Because I thought the Saints were better than the Eagles that year, and they just beat the Saints. But again, what do I know? But you know what was not a good team? Frontier Airlines today, Reese. So I'm I just came back from Connecticut. I did a couple oh, shows gosh. out there, um, and I'm back for a couple days until I drive out to Cooperstown, New York, to do some more opera. But of course, I get to stop and see my good friend Reese incarnate Bach Lesnar on Sunday. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Follow us on Instagram. I'm sure we'll. We'll post some fun things on there. We may even do a beer review that day. Uh, but anyway, so I'm traveling back to Colorado Springs today, and I've never flown Frontier, and I just know it's super cheap. And I was like, all right, well, we'll see what happens. So um, for Southwest, you're allowed to have 50 pounds of suitcase. Uh, here, it's only 40 pounds. So when I came out here to Syracuse, I flew Southwest. So it's like $60 already to bring a checked bag. But then if you, um, if you, if it's over 40 pounds, then it's $110 per bag. So remember, I brought two bags. So no matter oh how gosh. cheap this flight is, the, the uh, money is, is getting pretty expensive. So we go in there and both my bags, like 43 pounds and one was uh, 40, what was it? One was like 47, 48 pounds. So I was like, all right, this is over. Um, but somehow she was like, uh, the the uh, flight person was like, you can make this work. You know, try to try to take some stuff out, bring it, you know, bring it with you and then try to put some in the other bag. And lo and behold, dude, I took out like, five different scores i held them in my lap from the flight i put you know my pillow somewhere else and i shifted everything boom we were good i saved 120 dollars on that like upcharge then we get to the flight wow. and on their website it says a checked bag or sorry a carry-on includes a backpack or a laptop briefcase like that counts as a as a carry-on mm -hmm. and for a carry-on for a frontier is an additional $60. So I prepay for this, assuming that P 
people that do not have a uh, checked or a carry-on just have nothing with them. They're just naked. Well, I get there and everyone has a, at least a backpack and zone one is checked bags. Zone two through seven is unchecked bags or you don't have anything. But clearly everyone on this flight had something. So then I went up to the... Um, to the front desk and I was like, hey, on the website it said I had to pay an extra 60 bucks for this. I was like, but everyone else has one and they are not constituted in this like checked bag thing. And she was like, oh really? I didn't know that. She's like, yeah, go ahead. We can we can give you another voucher or whatever. So they, so they gave me a refund, another 60 bucks. I'm already at like, if, if, if I was just dumb and would have just said like, okay, cool, whatever frontier, I would be out like almost $200 in extra fees at this point. Then we get on the plane, Reese, and everything seems cool until like the bath, something happened in the bathroom. And then our, uh, our pilot was like, there's a mechanical error in the bathroom that we don't necessarily have to fix. He was like, so, so we're going to see if they can fix it really quick. If not, we're just going to put it out of order and you can use the other bathroom. Cool. We're like, great. That sounds good. Two hours later, they fix the bathroom. And I'm like, you told us that if it was going to take a long time, you were just going to like, whatever it was, you were just going to make it out of order, which I think everyone on that flight would have been fine with. Um, So it was a disaster. It was a disaster, but I'm here now. I'm revved up. I'm ready to go, Reese. Let's talk some Chiefs schedule predictions. All right, here we go. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado. Week one on CBS in the, I don't know why this, well, I guess because they suck, but not us, but the team we're playing sucks is why we're not primetime. But we will be playing in Phoenix, the Arizona Cardinals week one, Reese. Give us um, a little prediction. Uh, Actually, give us the score and why the score is going to be that way. Um, I'm going to predict Chiefs win an ugly uh, 30 to Ooh. 30 to 26 against the Cardinals. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a semi-high scoring affair, but it's going to be like a bunch of like really ugly scoring. I think the Chiefs defense can have a lot of growing pains with a lot of the rookies and new faces that are going to be on that side of the ball. Uh, I think it's going to be tricky to bring down Kyler Murray with our pass rush as it currently stands. And, you know, like we said, he, he's an improvising quarterback. He, he's like Lamar Jackson, who's not quite as good of a runner, but a better passer. So I think that's he, he's going to extend a lot of plays. I think DeAndre Hopkins being out for that game is going to be a big boon for us. But I would say look for it to be look for it to be 30-16 at some point. And it's like, this game should be over. And then we just like take the fourth quarter off. And before we know it, it's 30 26. And we need to make a, we need to convert a third down to not have to punt the ball back. I think it's going to be a blowout, Reese. I'm going to say it's going to be 42 to 15. I think the Chiefs are just going to absolutely decimate the Cardinals because this is going to be the revenge game for Patrick Mahomes. Not that there needs to be any revenge for Cliff, but 
I think Pat's going to take this one personally just to like stick it to Cliff. I know they're very good friends, obviously, former coach Cliff Kingsbury to Patrick Mahomes. But I think Patrick's really going to like take this one personally and say like, hey, buddy, like this is our first game playing against each other. They're both very competitive. I think they're going to blow them out. There's no one on this defense that I am afraid of. I mean, maybe Buda Baker, but everyone else, they've um, this this Cardinals team has lost a lot of depth, especially in on defense. Uh, J.J. Watt is not who he used to be. I forget when he got injured last year, but he's coming off of injury. Um, I I can't even name any pro bowler. Maybe Marcus Golden was a pro bowler at some time, but I don't think so. Uh, Byron Murphy Jr. is a corner on their team. I don't think he's a pro bowler either. I really think it's only Buda Baker. I could be wrong. My my Cardinals fans, you can chime in. But there's no one on this on this defense that scares me, and nothing that scared me last year. And ending with their offense, like you said, there there is no DeAndre Hopkins. I know that he's trying to appeal the suspension and said that he has never taken peds in his life i don't know about that i i think he'll end up at least withholding that first game i think he's suspended for at least six um so we'll see what happens with with deandre hopkins but marquise brown a new offense with kyler murray i know kyler murray is like a little better thrower than lamar jackson like you said but it's a new offense for marquise brown and i don't think they're going to click on day one uh and then you have james connor who has to be the bell cow now uh, in Phoenix and actually having Chase Edmonds on the team, they actually worked great in tandem, Connor and Edmonds. But now that Chase Edmonds is no longer on the Cardinals, uh, James has to be that bell cow and he is not a bell cow type of running back. So I think that that Cardinals offense is going to have a lot of ups and downs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has already had his private mini camp with his wide receivers, all his new wide receivers, and I think it's going to go swimmingly, especially in that first game. Because you know how, like, whenever people see new things from Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, they have no idea how to counter. It takes weeks, if not months, for the NFL to figure out what happens with the Kansas City Chiefs. Not necessarily that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be this like whole new offense, but I think it's going to be new enough that those first couple of weeks, people are not going to know what the heck to do. It would be interesting. Uh, my one question to counter that, though, not that we're not going to win, but yeah. for, you said what, 42-15? <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time the Chiefs blew anybody out? Actually, when's when's the last time I that mean, we've scored b- forty? Maybe points? like Steelers in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> I have to look back. I'm sure we did sometime last year, but no, it's just uh, Andy Reid just blow teams out. Andy Reid, like as we saw in the Bengals game twice last year, uh, Andy Reid likes putting up 28 points and is putting it in cruise control. And unfortunately, our defense hasn't been good enough to hold those leads. We saw it against Tua a couple years ago. Tua were like, we're about to blow the doors off of them. Defense isn't good enough. And before you know it, half a dozen five-yard passes later, you know they're right in that game. So anyway. I think after a Bengals PTSD, I I think Andy Reid is going to put the foot on the gap put his foot on the gas from now on because of what happened in Cincinnati and things that have happened in the past as well, where things get really close and it's just unnecessarily nerve wracking. So I'm, I am being very hyperbolic with the score, but at the same time, I do think we're going to see a different Andy Reid going forward. I think you're right. I think you're right. And I also hope you're right. 
But uh, I also know we have 16 games to go, so as much as I'd love to reminisce on smashing the Cardinals. Let's do this, rolling, baby. baby. <laughs> I know. Take take that, Uncle Drew. And only four days later on a Thursday night, week two, we are facing um, in Arrowhead the L.A. Chargers. All right, Reese, go ahead. Week two, Chargers. Uh, I think this one's going to be close. Uh, I like that it's at Arrowhead. The Thursday night concerns me. That's a week of short rest for us, but we are getting out of the way. Uh, I think we're going to split with the Chargers this year. So I'm going to put this one as a pick'em, uh, which probably tells you what my next Chargers game is going to be. But uh, if I have to make a pick right now, I'm going to say the Chiefs defeat the Chargers at home 31-30. to Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to say that we lose this game because of the quick turnaround. Um, and I'm going to like be the anti-argument to what I just argued. <laughs> I'm going to say that like maybe the Chiefs offense doesn't click when it comes to a really good defense like the Chargers. Again, but people don't realize and what we've talked about before is like this Chargers defense is new and even their returning people are considered new because Again, let, let me just read their secondary. <laughs> J.C. Jackson, Nasir Adderley, Derwin jo- James, Asante Samuel, and then K- Khalil Mack in uh, in linebacker, followed by Kyle Van Noy. I actually didn't know they had Kyle Van Noy, so that's great. Uh, and then, of course, on, uh, on their front four, they have Joey Bosa. So those are all really good freaking defensive players. I know they haven't played, but... Just seeing the the Chargers wanting revenge, seeing that the Chargers always play A-plus against the Chiefs, and they're always flawless, and Herbert is always, always dealing. I know we've talked about that on, on our chat. We've said, you know, I don't know if, if, if Herbert can deal night in and night out, but when it's against the Chiefs, things tend to go really well for him. So I'm going to say it's a barn burner against the L.A. Chargers. How about... 27-21 Chargers. Oof, man, I don't know if the Chargers can hold 21 points. I'm not as sold on that defense as you are. I think they got a lot of aging stars on that team. And Bosa, even though he's not old, he's he's had enough injuries. He's, the car's been in the shop enough times. That thing is not brand new. So I will believe in the Chargers' new intervamp defense when I see it. But until then, I'm still saying it's the same old Chargers defense. Because, well, Joey Bosa would be matched up against our right tackle, right? It's true. Yeah. Which hopefully this uh our our new guy uh um, Kennard. Kennard, right? Could just really, you know, is is a pancake machine. I just don't know whether it's going to click, you know, on week two against someone like Joey Bosa. Uh, hopefully we do some rotations in case it doesn't work out with Joey, but I don't know, man, like I don't think J.C. Jackson's that old, is he? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying. 20, he's he's 26. Oh. Nasir Adderley is 24. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. So right now I have a 1-1. One, one. You have 2-0. Uh, oh. You have 2-0. Two, two oh. Going on to week three to your, your friend, Alex Nikolenko's boys, the Indianapolis Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium, week three. Uh, I'll start this one. How about Reese? Sounds good. It's another blowout. 
We how about uh how about twenty eight to seventeen, Chiefs? I I take no stock in Matt Ryan. I think I think Matt Ryan is fool's gold at this point in his career. I'm sure him and Michael Pittman Jr. will click at some point, but it ain't gonna happen starting week three. I'm sure Jonathan Taylor's probably gonna bulldoze our defensive line, but Jonathan Taylor would would have to score four or five touchdowns in order to decimate us. So wait, did I did I give a score? I don't think I did. You, I think you said we we're gonna decimate him, but I think that's about where the buck stopped. All right, so how about how about a how about a uh, let's see how about a a thirty-five to fourteen <laughs> Chiefs, Jonathan Taylor with two touchdowns. Um. I'm also going to give the Chiefs the W on this one. I don't like you. I'm not sold, sold Matt Ryan. I think he's still got gas in the tank, but I'm like, I'm not afraid of whatever he is now, like 37-year-old Matt Ryan. You know, that that offense starts and ends with Jonathan Taylor, and I think the the best chance the Colts are going to have in this game is they're going to have to score a touchdown on probably two out of every th- two out of every three times they touch the ball. And they're going to have to be long, sustained drives where Jonathan Taylor is wearing the defense down basically by himself. Matt Ryan can open that up with some play action. He might burn our new secondary deep on some plays. But I just, I, the Colts defense is good, not outstanding right now. I just think we're going to have too much firepower for them to keep up with a strategy that is Matt Ryan, don't throw picks, Jonathan Taylor, Go beast mode. Absolutely. So you have three and zero right now, Chiefs. I have two and one, Chiefs. Going into Week Four, which could be the matchup of the of the year, we have Sunday night against Tampa Bay at Tampa Bay. Reese, you start this one. What do you think? Man, this is so hard because uh, you know we saw it last year that Tom Brady is a forty. 40- five-year-old man in regards to how he throws the football uh when he lost all of his weapons suddenly he was incredibly exposed I mean just like he was short-arming passes he didn't have people that were able to kind of like pick up the slack for him I do believe that uh Goodwin's gonna be out for this game correct Ooh, I don't know he's He's questionable right now, which makes me think it's not a long-term injury. I think it was it was either him or Evans was has an injury that's like projected to have them out for like the first four or five weeks of next season, even. Uh, but case in point, Tom Brady, uh, his ego is going to need to win this game. So I I think we're not going to be able to walk into Tampa and beat Tampa Bay in a primetime game on NBC. I think he's going to extend his winning streak on Mahomes. I think that defense of Tampa's is still going to be nasty enough uh, to really kind of stymie our offense. I think is going to be still kind of finding its footing. So I'm going to say Tampa wins this one. Like uh, Tampa wins 34 to 24. Oof. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna also say that the Bucks win this game. I think this game is gonna mean more to Tom Brady than it will Patrick Mahomes. That is ironic because this is the last. This is the game that like really defeated us, obviously, and defeated the souls of Kansas City. But I think this is truly Tom Brady's last year. And this might be his last prove it game for his legacy. Like if he beats Patrick Mahomes another time, then 
correct me if I'm wrong, but then Pat's never beat Tom Brady. Right? No, he's beat Tom Brady. The record will be like two and four. He's just never beaten Tom in the playoffs. Okay, yeah. I, oh, that's right. Duh, we beat him last year in the regular season. I I have um, yeah I I have long flight brain right now. It's Sorry, okay. I totally forgot that. Anyway, keep it in there. So I think that again, I think this game is going to be mean more to Tom. I think that um, actually, I don't think Chris Godwin's going to be back. You're right because he tore his ACL last uh, last year, so he's going to probably return a little bit later. Uh, but even with uh, even with Mike Evans, I forget who else they they have. Someone else on offense that I would that I mean Leonard Fournette is still really good, even mm-hmm. though we took Ronald Jones. Uh, they just signed Russell Gage, and I actually really like Russell Gage. He he did really well with the Falcons when um, Julio Jones was out and when Calvin Ridley was out, and this is with an awful quarterback in Matt Ryan. So. Uh, so I think that that's a really good addition to kind of save uh, Tom Brady when Chris Godwin's out. And, of course, that defense is still very good. Uh, I would even put them in the elite category with Vita Vea, with Lo- Logan Ryan. He's kind of fallen off the wheels, but um, Shaquille Barrett, Devin White, Levante David, all really formidable people in the front line of their, of, of, of their defense, not necessarily in their secondary, as they still have our favorite Antoine Winfield but again it's going to be more to to Tom so how about Tampa Bay beats us um how about uh oh I don't want to say yeah it's a close one how about 28 to 24 okay I can see that I can see that all right moving right along then so now I'm at uh I've I have two losses so I'm at two and two and you're at three and one Mm -hmm. um Geez, starting the season two and two, I'm sure people would panic. But I think, f- given the circumstances, I I hope people don't panic. If we go in two and two, it's going to be fine. Then we have week five, Reese at Arrowhead against our favorite team, the Las Vegas Raiders, on a Monday night. What do you got? Chalk it up. We're coming off of a loss against at Tampa Bay. We're not going to let this new Raiders with their new toy Devontae Adams come into Arrowhead and beat us. Now, Derek Derek Carr. I think he's gotten us at Arrowhead once in his career. Otherwise, he plays atrocious normally. Uh, last year, we swept the series in pretty convincing fashion. I think the Raiders... I think they may have gotten better since last year, but compared to like the, the steps forward by the Broncos and the Chargers, they're really not registering. And if they beat us this year, it's not going to be this game. Chalk it up to a 33-24 to 24 win for the Chiefs. Did you know Demarcus Robinson's on the Raiders? Yes. Uh, wrong way Robinson <laughs> is now a Raider, and Derek Carr said he is the key to beating Kansas City. Are you serious? No cap. He said something. I, that might not be verbatim. What? Yeah, he, he said something like that. I'll, I'll see if I can find <laughs> Why? Because Demarcus talking. Robinson's going to tell them, like, the playbook or something? Like... <laughs> I no idea. <laughs> it's it's so funny because this this Raiders offensive unit minus their quarterback is amazing. Like it, probably the best in our division with Josh Jacobs, Devonte Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. Though I mean that's a really good freaking like four weapons that I don't think anybody in the AFC West has. But they still have Derek Carr, and it's it's amazing that 
that the Raiders go through so many different changes, yet they still keep Derek Carr and don't try to make a move for someone else. I, I just find that hilarious, especially now that uh, Josh, Mc, Josh McDaniels is there. And I don't know what Josh McDaniels sees in Derek Carr, but I guess he saw something that they're going to try to make it work. But I think that this game is the nail in the coffin for Derek Carr. I think they're going to say, look, Derek, we've done everything we can. We've gotten you Devontae Adams. We've gotten you... Darren Waller, we've gotten you Hunter Renfro, and you still can't get it done against the Chiefs, and that's all we've asked you to do. This is it. You're out of here, Derek Carr. After that Monday night game on Tuesday, Derek Carr gets fired on October the 11th, 2022. The Raiders lose to the Chiefs 35-14. to Man, it's a bold prediction. Bold prediction, but I like it. I can see 35-14. You know me. You, you know me, Hot Take Mondo. Let's do a couple more, and then let's go into our beer of you, Reese. This next one, I think, is going to be much better than that Bucks game. Week 6. I don't know why this is not prime time, but I'm sure it will be moved to Sunday night when we get there. Week 6, Buffalo Bills at Arrowhead. All right. Here we go, Reese. I think it's uh, Super Bowl uh, if... If one of us was in the the NFC, this would definitely be a Super Bowl right here. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I'm going to chalk this one up as the Bills win. I think the Bills are going to want to prove themselves in this game more than we are. And I think at this point, like, I don't know, there's a certain maturity about Patrick Mahomes that I think we saw last year in the way that he put the first matchup against Buffalo behind him, and then in the playoffs, he was like a completely different player. And we've seen that through his career as well, where like he saves it for the playoffs. I think Patrick's going to go into this game, kind of feel it out. And I think if we have a chance to win, if we're trading touchdowns, you know, if this turns into a shootout or something, yeah, he's going to want to try to win. But I think, you know, I don't think he's going to go balls to the wall. I think he knows the important matchup is going to be the one where we play him again in January, probably at their place this year. And uh, that's when we have to bring his A game. So I just think Buffalo's got a vendetta. They got to make up for 13 seconds. Uh, so let's say Bills win that one. Bills win that one 37 to 26. Oof. Yeah, I agree with you that we will lose this game. Um, like, if you think about, so this is week six, right? Mm-hmm. And we have already played at this point the Chargers, the Bucks, and a divisional game against the Raiders. And those are all like pretty solid matchups that I know that Patrick Mahomes is going to have to give his all and our whole team is going to have to give their all. So I'm pretty sure we're going to be somewhat gassed by week six uh, because we haven't had our bye yet. Our bye comes in week eight, I believe. Um, so I definitely, like you said, Josh Allen has been talking about 13 seconds. The Bills have tried to overturn the the overtime rules this entire offseason. Like, of course, everyone in Buffalo and beyond, all the Bills fans are going to be talking about week six. And I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be talking about week six. I know it's going to be a, a like a marquee game, but like you said, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs know that the that this season is a marathon and it's not a sprint. So not that they're not going to go super hard, 
but they're also not going to like put their lives on the line f- to win a week six game. But I know the Buffalo Bills will do it to prove a point to say that they can beat Patrick Mahomes. So, yes, I think that the Bills are going to beat us at home. I'm sure it's going to be ugly. I'm sure all the fans are going to be upset. But again, I'm not I'm not that worried. I think we'll still be close. Um I think it'll be a shootout and it actually might be one of those like gut wrenching games that we lose that will be really sad that we lost. Um, but that's okay. That's okay. How about, uh, how about 27, 24 bills yeah. and James cook, their new, uh, their, their new running back scores a touchdown just to spite Buffalo Mike. Okay. I got a prop up for you. Uh, the over under on the amount of times Zero. that they compare or bring up the fact that McDuffie and, uh, Elam are essentially, you know, yin and yang soul brothers of uh you know secondary for the chiefs and the bills and the draft (laughs) um how many times they bring it up i'm sure they'll bring it up at least twice and they'll show the uh the video of the of the bills executive staff when they find out that the chiefs have moved up to pick up trent mcduffie that video is golden also oracled by reese uh, two days before that video comes out, Reese predicted that was going to happen. Sure, yeah, I think I think twice they're going to bring that up, but I'm sure McDuffie's going to have a lot of fun, and I I'm really excited to see McDuffie matched up. If he's cornerback number one, I think maybe still Legereus Sneed is matched up with Diggs, but I can't wait to see like us really roughing up Diggs and seeing how they do against him. That's going to be really fun to watch. Yes, sir. Moving right along, before we go into our break, week seven, we face the uh, ever-present, ever-scary Trey Lance of the San Francisco 49ers on a Sunday on Fox at San Fran. Who do you got? Well, is Trey Lance the name starter for San Francisco now, or are we just uh, presuming? Um, I'm presuming, but like hard evidence presuming. Okay, so here's my thing. If Trey Lance starts, Chiefs are going to win that one. I don't buy into Trey Lance yet. I don't think he's an NFL-level arm. I think he had the benefit of playing at North Dakota State, who's like the Alabama of FCS, all those things. Now, if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing, as much as we clown on Jimmy Garoppolo and his weapons or lack thereof in our group chat, I think <laughs> I think Kyle Shanahan's a fantastic coach, and I see this as the kind of game that he's going to scheme for and especially having such a young mm-hmm. defense, it's going to be like, what the heck are they throwing at us? What's going on here? What is this, the, a fifth consecutive pitch play? Okay, cool. Uh, I think it's going to be a really boring game, but I think it's going to be a game where we can't ever find our footing. And uh, I think if Jimmy G starts, they're going to win this one and send us into the bye week on a two-game losing streak. And this will be where some of the fan base starts panicking right before the bye interesting do you think that Traverius ward gets an interception no because like i said Traverius ward's best ability is being in the right place in the right time and having the perfect pass thrown over him do you think d ford gets a sack uh, i don't think d ford suits up i think he's too scared <laughs> oh i forgot they got drake jackson from usc too they just drafted him great um i think we still beat 
the 49ers. So I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at some stuff, and it looks like they're really trying to get Trey Lance to be the starter week one. Good. And that Jimmy G is really just this expendable person. And if it looks like maybe they do have a chance and Trey Lance isn't working out, then Jimmy's going to be the, the starter. But I think either way, we are going to win this one pretty handedly even though obviously Debo Samuel George Kittle uh, I actually really like uh, Elijah Mitchell as well who'd be coming off of injury I mean that's a pretty those are great offensive weapons and leave it to Shanahan to figure out how to utilize those weapons with a average to below average quarterback either in Trey Lance or Jimmy G because what we saw in Trey Lance last year we only saw like three or four highlight plays from Trey but Trey did not play very well so I don't know if he's going to pan out just all of a sudden in 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 year two for Trey Lance even though he has some great weapons and a really great coach you still have to drive the car right they can teach you how to drive the car but you still have to you know learn how to shift your gears learn how to put your blinkers on learn how to drive in in the rain and i don't know if trey lance can do that yet so i think we win this one pretty handedly um how about 28 to uh how about 28 to 10 28 10 wow man i'd be happy at 28 10 if we can hold just 10 points they feel pretty good now i I just want to add on to one thing i agree with you in regards to trey lance and having to you know drive the car as you said because I think hypothetically, had Patrick Mahomes, raw as he was, started his rookie year, I think we would have seen a cannon arm, a bunch of interceptions from like boneheaded rookie plays. But people are like, oh, he's got a cannon arm. If he can get it going between his head, you know, like I guess it's going to be a dangerous guy who's going to throw 50 touchdowns and 5,500 yards the next year. But I don't think we saw that with Trey Lance last year in the limited playing time. I think we saw a guy who has probably at best an average to probably below average throwing arm. And he did not look like he was being able to process NFL-level defenses. I didn't see anything that was making me say, well, if he can get it going, kind of like uh, Fields. Fields at Chicago, I'm like, okay. I'm like, if Fields can get an offensive line, I'm like, this dude can play. He can process. I didn't see that with Lance. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, think, I think with Trey Lance, I like what he has incredibly fast. And I actually do think he has a good arm. He's just not the greatest decision maker. So that, oh, sorry, there's some cookies coming my way. Mm. Thanks, Logan. Bye. Bye. Got some cookies. Dude, in-flight cookies. Anyway, in-flight cookies, man. No, in Frontier, you got to pay another like 10 bucks to get a cookie box. And then like $8 for a Coke. Are you for real? Yeah, no, I'm not. Kick um, rocks. Okay, maybe I'm... Maybe I'm inflaming the $8 for the Coke, but it's definitely like 4 or $5 for a Coke and then $9 for uh, like a uh, beer, wine, all that stuff. Jeepers. But back to Trey Lance. <laughs> I like what he has, but I think that Shanahan should have waited. He should have waited and let him sit just like we did with Patrick Mahomes. Jimmy G is not Alex Smith, and I don't know if he's – the a mentor like Alex Smith, but boy, did that save Patrick Mahomes and Trey Lance is not saved. So I wish him luck. I just don't know if he, he has all all the support that he necessarily needs when it comes to leadership. Um, Okay, Reese, let's tally yours again. So you, what do you have the chiefs at right now? Going into the, after seven weeks, going into the bye, I have the chiefs at four and three. If Jimmy Garoppolo starts and five and two, if Trey Lance starts, 
Got it. And I have them four and three just in general, right? Because Chargers, Bucks, and Bill losses. Yep. Yeah. So four and three going into week eight is not necessarily panic mode, but it's not great. And I know that we've had similar situations in the Patrick Mahomes era. And it, it might happen again, and who cares? I think it's fine. Um, so we will talk about week nine after the beer review. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk about some more fun games to end out the 2022-2023 season. It's everyone's favorite time of the podcast. That's right. It's This Week in Craft Beer, the segment of the show where we talk about what's going on this week in craft beer, as well as review a delicious beer for your listening pleasure. This week's story in craft beer, Armando, Stone can't seem to stay out of court. (laughs) Oh no, what's going on now? So Stone Brewery, sorry, Stone Brewing has agreed to settle a trademark lawsuit brought by North Carolina craft beer maker Sycamore Brewing over the catchphrase, keep it juicy, with both sides walking away without paying damages. So... I had to read through this one a few times because I was a little confused as to uh, who drew first blood here. But it sounds to me that Stone Brewing was using the phrase, keep it juicy, for one of their hazy IPAs. So then North Carolina's Sycamore Brewing sued them over uh, the phrase, keep it juicy, because Sycamore filed a patent on the phrase, keep it juicy, in August 2021. But Stone pointed out the fact that they were breweries prior to Sycamore using this phrase, keep it juicy, as far back as 2017, which was multiple years before Sycamore themselves did it. So the big thing going back and forth here is the phrase, keep it juicy. And like, how do you trademark something as simple as that? I mean, it's, it's, Almost the equivalent of a a soda saying that's refreshing, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I I wonder how many words you need for it to be a, like, trademarked phrase. And actually, you can make, you know, like, for example, Nike, just do it. They they trademark three, three words, so... I guess you can trademark anything, really. Yeah, it's we'll have to ask a we'll have to ask Fountain City lawyer on retainer Sam Kuiper Jr. about this one. But no, I just I found it interesting. It sounds like they settled and they both said, "Screw it, we don't want to keep going on with this." Uh, Stone brought up the fact that this comes on the heels of their fifty-six million dollar uh, victory against Molson Coors. So was this Sycamore just looking for a payday? I mean, who knows at this point? It's. But I agree. It's, it's like it's like how do you trademark? How do you trademark? Keep it juicy, you know? Does juicy fruit not I have that? <laughs> right. Also, do, does the Stone legal team are are they the greatest legal team in brewery history? Dude, Stone legal team putting in work. They want the smoke <laughs> from everybody right now. <laughs> that. I think that is the uh, the uh, bigger question right now because if they win two lawsuits in a row for multi millions of dollars, I say that might be the goat legal team of breweries. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what's even funnier is that the article goes on to say that Stone and Molson Coors 
prior to their fight this year actually fought a four-year trademark battle over the Own the Stone marketing campaign for Keystone Light. So Sycamore Brewing's lawsuit echoed many of the same same accusations that Stone Brewing had made against Molson Coors. So they're saying, well, like, this is the same thing that they were complaining about, so why aren't we winning it in this case? Anyway. (laughs) I thought Own the Stone was a J.K. Rowling sub-book about Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, dude. Oh, dude, I just thought it was my Geology 1 textbook I had to get my super senior year of undergrad. (laughs) Anyway. Joking aside, Armando, uh, I have a beer in my hand here which will not be involved with Stone Brewery anytime soon. I would be surprised if they were. I am dipping back into the vault of Blacktooth Brewing. If you remember correctly, uh, last week reviewed one of their Scotch Ales. Oh, that's right. The Wyoming Brewery. Uh, That's correct. I brought home one of their 307 lagers because as I mentioned I have been told many times judge a brewery by how they do the little things the basics get their lager and go from there so I'm very excited to crack open this truly crispy boy this week on Fountain City Sports Media why don't you walk people through how we review beers on this show you got it so if you're following along at home we do have different categories and we rate them from zero to ten zero being the worst ten being the best of the category starting with appearance no sorry let's do it again starting with aroma then appearance flavor mouthfeel aftertaste and the ever-changing category stonks drinkability quotient it's how awesome is this beer. So, Reese, without further ado, crack that baby open, put it in a glass, and give us the aroma. All right. Interestingly enough, very bitter on the nose. You get kind of a, a cheese rhininess almost from the hops, I believe it is. I mean, a little bit of, I think a little bit of yeast as well. Some of that lagering yeast action. Uh, I mean, overall, it, it smells like a lager, you know, so I'm, I'm happy about that. It kind of reminds me of like a, a bitter, dank Keller pills or something like that. So uh, aroma-wise, I'm just going to give it a flat seven. Let's start out there. All right. Flat seven on aroma. Now appearance, it was a flat seven, but is it does it look flat? Okay, this is so cool because I mean, when when I use the term like a clean beer, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yep. C- can you see just how clean that beer is? Like you just see how, right through it. I see. I, mean, I see your beautiful face right uh, through that glass. I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but it's like I almost feel like water would cause more distortion in the glass than this. It's like. <laughs> What's crazy is you have to look for the carbonation going on in there. It's it's almost just like, you know, this, oh my goodness, what even color is this? Light golden color liquid with the occasional bubble floating up. There was head in there. It's gone pretty quickly. There's a lace of head hanging around the glass. I just can't get over how clean this lager is. That That's a beautiful looking clean lager. So I'm going to give it 8.8. On appearance. Ooh, 8.8 on appearance. That does look very clean, very crisp. Can't wait for you to try it. Put it in your mouth because you are now going to do flavor. Reese, what is the flavor on that clean, clean lager? Hmm. 
definitely some maltiness in there. Uh, I get this this flavor that I was kind of smelling, that I couldn't tell if it was the beer or it was just like ingrained in my hand because I gave my dog a bath tonight, so I had to have a lot of peanut butter on my hand to keep him distracted. But there's like a slight peanut butter aroma and kind of peanut butter taste in this beer as well. I still I get a lot of that that bitter cheese rindiness that I mentioned to earlier on. Uh, sort of a sweet back taste to it. Uh, it I, yeah, it, it's hard to say exactly what this is. It, it almost sits somewhere between like a Kolsch and like a, a Czech Pilsner or something like that. But I'm not getting the hot dog water and I'm not getting the, the biscuitiness that I would off of a Czech Pilsner. Um, but flavor-wise, it's a lager. It's crispy. It's a boy. Uh, 7.9 on flavor. All right, 7.9 on flavor. Excellent. Then we go to mouthfeel, Reese. How does it feel inside the mouth? Is it crispy, light, dark? Maybe the malt kind of gets you. What do you got? Well, it's funny. For as clear and as non-moving as this beer is, when you sip in your mouth, it's very sparkling and effervescent. Uh, far more carbonated in the mouth than it would you would guess just by looking at it. Uh, it's easy to drink. It's light like water. Like I said, I mean, it's almost the same transparency as water, which isn't a bad thing on actual craft beer lagers. So I would say mouthfeel on this. It's fun. It's dazzling. 7.8. Razzle dazzle. 7.8. Excellent. Moving forward, we have aftertaste. Is the flavor different after that second sip in the back of your mouth? Uh, as it goes down, do you get any other flavors? You still got the peanut butter going on. What do we got? My, my one slight knock against this beer is probably the aftertaste. And I need to do better research on this because this is kind of like, you know, uh, this will be on the Cicerone test one day. But it has sort of a hydrogen peroxide or Band-Aid E aftertaste to it, which... I know someone smarter than me on this would be like, oh, that's ethyl diacetol or something like that. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. Because it's not it's not uncommon to get that note in some of these beers, but it's just not my favorite thing. It's, it's not bad enough that I don't think it's an off flavor. The beer has not gone bad. I just think it's a, a byproduct of the lagering process. So eh, having that guy on every sip, not my favorite. I'm going to say probably 6.7 on aftertaste. All right, six point seven on aftertaste, not bad. And yeah, I think getting that, might, getting those flavors, I think is still within the realm of the style. So no worries there. Then we have our last category, Reese. That is Stonks drinkability quotient. Let us know how awesome this beer is. How badass is it from zero to ten? So here's what's really cool about it. Like I said, I'm not huge on that aftertaste, whatever that is. And the flavor in and of itself isn't blowing me away. But this beer is so light and certified crushable. We haven't done that in a while. Um, That's true. We haven't. We never made Even though we talk about Mount Crushmore all the time, we haven't said crushable. Crushable. We, we, we need to make a crushable sound, but we never got around to that either. Uh, but no, no, importantly, this is a very crushable beer. I mean it. Like... Uh, Let's see, what's this? 4.2? Yeah, I, I believe it's 4.2. I could probably put down I could put down probably four or five of those more easily than I could any sort of domestic American light lager, you know, your your Budweiser, your Michelob, any of that stuff. So because this is a crushable beer, 
and it's delicious. Man, I'm going to have to give uh, Stonk's Drinkability Quest on this a 9.2. This is very drinkable. Whoa. Whoa, that came out of nowhere. 9.2. Yeah, this this beer's a little bit everywhere on the chart. But I tell you what, uh, you know, it's it's much like it's much like a car. You don't have to do everything well, but if you do some things very well, you can oversee the things you don't do so well. Holy moly, Stonk's Drinkability, 9.2. And overall stonks on this, just like the actual New York Stock Exchange right now. Very volatile, up and down, some great, some not great. But awesome, always awesome, 10 out of 10 review from the recent Carnet Bach Lesnar. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for next week because we're going to have a special beer review. I'm bringing some beers from Massachusetts. I will not say from exactly where. I'll leave it. I'll leave that up to you all, but you are going to get an exclusive beer review from Reese and I on Sunday. We will be in person doing that beer review, so stay tuned for some more awesome beer things. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back from an awesome beer review by Reese. Again, stay tuned for next week. We're going to have another special beer review. Reese and I will review beer at the same time. And it's a really special beer. Really, really special brewery. Um, So stay tuned for that. So we just left off. We are at the bio week at week eight, which couldn't come at a better time, honestly, because the next half of the schedule is pretty grueling. And I think that week eight is going to be much needed for the Kansas City Chiefs. And week nine, we have a Sunday night game against the Tennessee Titans, Reese. Who do you have as we come back from that bye? I think we're going to win this week. Uh, sorry, win this week against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I think they are going to be on a downward trajectory this year. They already last year were probably the worst one seed in the modern era, if not one of the worst one seeds in the modern era. Um, you know, and it, it hasn't gotten better. Ryan Tannehill's definitely got friction with the coach and the staff saying that he's not there to be a mentor. I wouldn't be shocked if Malik Willis is starting this game. Derrick Henry's got a steel wow. plate in his foot, so we don't know how he's going to be. This could be a do or die game for Tennessee. And because it's prime time and at Arrowhead and we're coming off the bye, Andy Reid, great record off the bye. I think it might be die for Tennessee, and that could be the last start by Ryan Tannehill. The team implodes from there. Kansas City Chiefs win that one 29-19. Wow, wow. I, I agree with you on most of that. I think that they're going to have Tannehill play the entire season, not necessarily because Tannehill's better than Malik Willis at a certain point, but that they are trying to do the carbon copy of what they did with Patrick Mahomes, sit Patrick Mahomes the entire year so that he can learn under Alex Smith. But again, Ryan Tannehill has already said he he ain't teaching Malik Willis anything. He ain't doing any leadership in that locker room. So you know there's going to be a lot of drama there. Uh, I still have stock in Derrick Henry. I'm sure he's still going to be a stud just because he's a freak athlete. Um, plate in the foot or not. I think he's just crazy. Well, um, I'm really curious to see what happens with Traylon Burks to see if he, you know, becomes the next A.J. Brown because that was his player comp for most people. And he is replacing 
um, AJ Brown. Then you got Robert Woods on that team now too. So uh, it's a really interesting team. I think they'll still be successful as a team. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to be a number one seed anymore, but I think that they might squeeze into the playoffs again. But again, one of those non um someone you're not afraid of in the playoffs all to say i think we beat them pretty handedly um not only because they're the titans but because we're coming off fresh after that after that week eight so how about um how about 29 to to uh 17 29 to 17 chiefs love it all right love it Moving on ahead, let's just skip this one, Reese, because it's week 10 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do we need to say anything? <laughs> no. 1 p.m. game at Arrowhead. I mean, provided the wheels don't fall off us somehow. It's like we should be able to roll out of bed and win that one. I'm, I'm coming back from church at that point, and I'm hoping it's already going to be 14-0. I bet, yeah. So it's going to be 114 Kansas City Chiefs. Nice. Sorry, Trevor Lawrence. Week 11, we see the L.A. Chargers again, but this time at SoFi Stadium. Um, and then this is, this is the, probably the most grueling part of the schedule. Week 11, 12, 13, and 14. Uh, this will be a doozy for us, starting with, like I said, the L.A. Chargers on a Sunday afternoon. Who do you got? Uh, like I said... It's probably a pick em. Uh If we win the first one, I think they win the second one and vice versa. Although I might have to give the edge to the part that this is usually right around the time of the season, week 12, where the Chargers start falling apart. So this could be the week where the Chargers have a two-game lead in the division. By beating us, it could be a three-game lead in the division. But they don't, and suddenly it's just a one-game lead in the division. And before they know it, it's all downhill from there. But in fairness, I gave us one week. I'm going to give the Chargers another week. I'm going to say we lose this one at SoFi. And it's very possible, too, the league wants us to lose this one at SoFi. So. Yeah, fair. Okay, so I say that we uh, we win this game because I am the same as you. I think it's going to be a 1-1 split with the Chargers. But I think we win this one because we lost the last one. Um, so how about we, we beat the Chargers... 27 to 21, it's still a close game. Mm. Okay, okay. I'd love to hold the Chargers to just 21 points. I think that if if we learn from our mistakes from the from the week previous and if the Chargers think that they're hot stuff, right? Like you said, if they're leading the division at this point, um, I think we can come in there and kick their ass. Well, we'll see. Cool. Week 12, Reese, we play the Super Bowl champions, LA Rams at Arrowhead, actually. That'll be fun. Uh, right, so we go from Chargers, one LA team to the next LA team, both very good teams. Who do you got? I'm going to say we beat the LA Rams. Uh, I think Matt Stafford winning the Super Bowl has gotten that out of his system, and I think whether he wants to admit it or not, I'm expecting a decline in his career at this point now that he's gotten over the hump. I don't blame him if that happens. It's November 27th. There's a very good chance this is going to be pretty cold in Kansas City about that time, and those L.A. teams are not ready to play in that level of cold. I foresee the Chiefs winning this one uh, 34-21. to 21. Pretty good. I... Um, I don't know if I'll say 34 points on their defense, but I'm not taking any stock in the Rams. I think a lot of things had to happen for the Rams to win the Super Bowl. 
I respect Stafford and I really respect Cooper Cup. I think Cooper's Cup is still going to have a fantastic year. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be Super Bowl champions again. Again, a lot of things had to happen, right? The Bucks had to screw it up. The Packers had to screw it up. Uh, the Chiefs had to screw it up against the Bengals, and then they got to play the Bengals in the Super Bowl. So for all that said, I don't think that this Rams team is an elite team. I think they're maybe a Tier 2 team, but they are no Buffalo Bills. They are no Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they are even no LA Chargers. Um, I like their defense. Obviously, I love Aaron Donald. I don't think an old Bobby Wagner is going to get this team going or an old Taylor Rapp or an aging Jalen Ramsey. I'm sure he still will be productive, Um, but no one outside of the name of Aaron Donald really scares me. Well, I guess Jalen Ramsey is great, but other than those two, no one really scares me on this what people said elite defenses I think they're really going to miss Von Miller Von Miller was really the glue guy on that defensive line just worked as that Terrell Suggs as Terrell Suggs did for us Um, so I'm going to say we beat them 20 I'm doing too many 20s on this one but I'm sorry I'm just going to do it again how about uh, 28 to 24 28 24 okay I like it all right, moving right along from two great weeks to another great matchup. We are playing week 13, the Cincinnati Bengals at Bengals. So we get to play our our arch nemesis or what people want to be our arch nemesis in Joe Burrow. Who do you have, Reese Incarnate, Bach Lesnar? We're going to beat Cincinnati this time. Uh, We shored up the reasons why we didn't beat Cincinnati last time, which was purely coaching and personnel, uh, particularly defensive personnel. We fixed both of those. I do not see them falling behind to us and being able to claw their way back this go around. Uh, I think we go in there, and I I think Andy Reid goes for the kill, but not in the way that he did at the end of the first half. In the ASC title game, which still gives me nightmares. Uh, but, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if at some point, you know, we're up in that game and it's like 35-13 to 13 on the Bengals. Uh, who day? Day the losers. We're going into Cincinnati and beating them like 30, 38-20. 38-20. Uh, oh, man, that's funny. I, I think we will win just like you said, but I think it's going to be close. I think this is the only game that Patrick Mahomes has marked just because he knows that he should have never lost and it was 100% the Kansas City Chiefs' fault for losing. It had nothing to do with the Cincinnati Bengals being any good, right? Joe Burrow made the great throws, but nothing that he did dominated the Kansas City Chiefs. It was the Kansas City Chiefs beating themselves. I think Pat is really going to be locked in for this game. All to say... We haven't really talked about the Bengals since that game, but I really think they've done an impeccable job um, bolstering that offensive line for this year. So I think they will be much improved in that respect. Uh, Not to say that they're going to be better than us, but I think it's going to be a closer game than we think. 31-28 Chiefs. Okay. Yeah, I can buy that. I can buy that. I will say, and this this is me hedging my bet right now, if Cincinnati does find a way to beat us for a third time and we're 0-3 against them, I just want to say it's the possibility that maybe Cincinnati just has their number. Maybe they have Juju against us. Uh, 
I, I will liken it back to at the turn of the century, greatest show on turf, Rams from about 99 to 2002. Uh, the Saints had the Rams number at every point in time. They, they couldn't beat them. Uh, or maybe it was the Carolina yeah. Panthers. It was, it was one of the AFC South or NFC South teams. Just like every year had no business beating the Rams. They would always beat the Rams. I do not know why. So that could just be the modern day version of that for all I know. But hopefully not. Meh. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, because the Chiefs are still, still impeccable. No worries. Then we have an interesting matchup. We have the next week. We have the first time that we play the Russell Wilson Denver Broncos week 14 on a Sunday night. I'll actually start this one, Reese, and this is going to be in Denver. I think that the Broncos beat us not because they're better than us, but because we've put our heart and soul week 11 against the Chargers, week 12 against the Rams, week 13 against the Bengals, and I think we're going to be extremely tired at week 14. Maybe we see some injuries as well. Um, and I think that the, that Denver goes in there really wanting to crush us because the whole reason why they have Russell Wilson is to defeat us and we're talking December the 11th it's going to be extremely cold in Denver Um, it may work to their favor uh, again in altitude as well and by this point I think Russell Wilson's really coming to his own with the Denver Broncos I I don't really buy their offensive core but enough to sneak one by us so how about um, man how about 24 to 21 Broncos yeah uh, I think we get blown out this game this game, really, to me, this game to me being the first game of the Mahomes Wilson era, being at Mile High Stadium, Denver will probably be right there, either in the thick or on the precipice of being in the lead for the AFC West, given their record, given their schedule, they're going to play. I can see this being one of those games where just like right out of the gate, everything goes wrong for us, everything goes right for Denver, and the referees will not help. There will be a bunch of crap that we get called for that Denver does not get called for. There's going to be a bunch of like blown plays where Russell Wilson's going to have like 240 yards passing in the first half. I, I think this game is just going to be a complete, complete face plant right out of the gate for us. So I'm taking the L on that. Don't even know the score. Don't even want to know the score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think both of us agree in that front. I think it's going to be one of those fluke games that just doesn't go our way, and it's fine. Um, okay, let's let's couple these next two together because they're really easy for us and gimmies. And I'm actually really glad that that the schedule has panned out this way that we're having a really chunky middle of the of the uh, schedule, and then it gets much easier towards the end, uh, getting ready for the playoffs. So one good thing that Roger Goodell has done: week 15 and week 16, Texans and Seattle. Uh, back to back those weeks i think we can safely say we whip both of their asses any anything to add there <laughs> I, I i totally agree i'm happy to play houston and seattle i think uh, they're both gonna be fairly hapless at this point and uh i'm just gonna go ahead and write myself down two w's would you like two w's as well two w's please sir all right it sounds good all right, and then we have week 17. I'll start this one, Reese. So this is a rematch with the Denver Broncos, but it's going to be uh, in Arrowhead. And I think this time we do beat them. I think uh, whatever blueprint that Russell Wilson has shown us in the previous week, uh, we have then taken notes and we have then whipped some ass of Russell Wilson at that point. I don't ever foresee the Broncos beating us twice in a season. I don't think that's ever happened, uh, even during the Alex Smith era. And it will not happen during the Russell Wilson era. Uh, not that I think it's going to be a blow up, but it'll be pretty pretty handedly. How about 31 to 24, Chiefs? Uh, I'm going to say 
31-22 Chiefs. Uh, but I, I definitely agree with you. This is the revenge game we get. This is going to be uh, how we're going to. Uh, this is going to be part of how we end the season on a losing streak and secure ourselves in the playoffs. Yeah, let's say uh, 31-22 Chiefs. All right, and to end the season, Reese, we have the official nail in the coffin for for Derek Carr, Week 18, Las Vegas Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, I'll start this one to kick it off again. I think we beat them pretty handedly, and I do think if Derek Carr has not been fired from the Las Vegas Raiders, he will be fired after this game. I don't know if Patch's even going to be playing in Week 18. We'll see where the standings fall, but it could be that Pat does have to play in order for seeding to happen, especially in a competitive AFC. Um, all the more, Pat really hands it to the Las Vegas Raiders, and the experiment for Derek Carr blows up. I don't even know what the score would be again. How about 30-21? Yeah, I, I see us winning this one as well. I think uh, this will be not a do-or-die game for us, but like I said, I predict us finishing this year on a four-game losing streak. It's going to take us from being 8-5 and five at one point and being on the fringe of missing the playoffs because of this deep AFC to finishing the season 12-5 and five and you know getting a wild card and going to the playoffs. And I think we're going to need every win down that stretch to make it happen. I don't see any situation where we're playing for the one-seed or have, heaven forbid, the one seed locked up at that point. So I think Patrick's going to play. Yeah, we beat the Raiders again. We extend the winning streak on them. Give us the W. Yep. And in conclusion then, Reese, so you have 12-5. and five. I think if my math is correct, I had 13-4. and four. I mean, pretty pretty similar numbers. And I could definitely see us going 12-5 and five as well, right? Us losing one of those games to the Rams, Chargers, or Bengals in that week 11, 12, 13. Because I think I gave us all the wins there and just blowing up on week 14. But we can easily lose, you know, two out of three of those games and it being fine. I think, I think what's funny this year, I think both you and I are much wiser Chiefs fans. Where last year, I think I... I even said that the Kansas City Chiefs were going to be un, un, undefeated during that season. And we've just learned so much during the Patrick Mahomes era that even though he is the best quarterback that we've ever seen live, that doesn't necessarily mean that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win every single game. And because they know that they have to be healthy for the playoffs, we've seen a, a lot of times where the Chiefs maybe aren't going 100%, and that's fine. So I think these are very mature numbers from both of us and pretty realistic numbers. Yeah, I agree. I think the interesting thing on this season is going to be what the tiebreakers wind up being because I do think with how deep the AFC West is, I don't see the Chargers getting 13 wins, man. And I definitely don't see the Broncos no. getting 13 wins. And if it comes down to brass tacks, given our strength of schedule, I don't know what the tiebreakers will be or how the chips fall, but you would have to believe that like our strength and victory would be better than the other two teams' strength of victories. So it'll be interesting to see what the tiebreakers do. I think, uh, yeah, I, th I think 12 wins is going to win the division. It's all going to come down to tiebreakers. I have faith in this Chiefs team, uh, and I think it's going to be another team that like, if we make it to the playoffs, it's like no one's going to want to play us. No one's gonna want to play us. It's like you better, you better kill us when you have the chance. You better double tap. You better hope we don't come back like Uma Thurman and kill Bill and come after every one of you. That's what I think. <laughs> 
as you can see, Reese is extremely fired up for this season. I am also really fired up for the season. It's going to be great. I am so excited for football to be back. I am so excited to see this these Chiefs with these new offensive weapons, with a mature Patrick Mahomes, with a mature Andy Reid even, and EB and everyone really. And, of course, this killer defense that is now hopefully has an identity. Um, still kind of worried about the edge, but that's another podcast for another day. Reese, anything to wrap it up before we say goodbye to our loyal fans? Uh, it's a very scary schedule. Very scary schedule. That's hard to say, but a uh, very exciting schedule. I think the AFC is going to be very good this year. I think it's going to be a very exciting year for football. I cannot wait. Thank you for tuning to Fountain City Sports Media. We appreciate you. And, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier in the podcast, if you want to become a patron for the price of the cup of coffee, well, guess what? One thing that is completely free that you can do is just subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. So subscribe and share with a friend. Absolutely. Subscribe, download, listen, and go Chiefs! We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. 